We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We had Jeff Blue says, if Lincoln Riley goes to the NFL and if Caleb Williams is really thinking about staying, would you try to recruit him? Do you want him? Just say, do you want to play with a good defense on your side? Do I want Caleb Williams? Sure. If Caleb Williams went to come, but he's not coming to Notre Dame. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't really matter. If if Caleb Williams jumped in the portal and said, hey, I look at the same money money Sam Hartman made, I know I can make even more. And he wanted to play at Notre Dame. Sure. I mean, why not? I I don't think, I think the whole thing about him staying is nothing but um, negotiation. I mean, hear it every single year. So I don't see him staying. There's an occasional and, guy that surprises you and goes back. Caleb Waves is not going to be one of them. I'm just telling you that right now. And, He's not going to stay. For and, him. Ryan, and I think you'll also – I agree with you, and I think you'll also agree with this. The only scenario in which he would stay would be Lincoln Riley still at USC, and he's staying at USC for one more year for some for whatever reason. That right. would be the only scenario in which I could even see him considering staying, and I don't think that's going to happen either. Yeah. But – in the hypothetical situation, Jeff, where Caleb Williams jumped into Portland and said he wanted to go to Notre Dame and, you know, get a some take some business classes or whatever, I'd be like, heck to the yes. Absolutely, I would look sure. at that. Because I've said before, sure. the only way I'm going in the portal for a starting quarterback if it's a dude and Caleb Williams is a dude. And I'm now seeing Notre Dame fans like, you know, I'm not that impressed by Caleb Williams. I'm like, then that means the only time you ever watched him play is against Notre Dame because that kid yeah. is special. You know, watch, like, watch the previous, um, you know, 25 games of his career. And right. he might be a little he's impressed. A, he's Maybe a special talent. <laughs> you can. And, and I yeah. get it. You can not like him. I get that. You can not like him. Sure. It's fair. It's fine. I understand that. And I understand why some Notre Dame fans who have only really seen what he did last year. I get that. I'm not I'm not going to bash you for that. I understand that. But it's one thing to not like a guy. And it's nothing to then try to dis- disparage. And say things, not even disparage. I mean, you can have an opinion whatever you want, but when you say that, it's like it's just not a good look because it's so just not accurate. He's a very talented guy. He just, which just yeah. puts into percep- into perspective just how impressive the Notre Dame defensive game plan and defensive yeah. performance was because that kid yes. is worth all the hype. He is very very good football player. Yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The fall season is incredibly busy for me, which makes it hard to spend the time needed to make healthy meals and live a healthy life. If you have the same problem, you'll want to try Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I've had Factor Meals, and I'm going to continue buying from them, especially with a special discount for Irish Breakdown listeners. With Factor, you skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and prepping and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. You can choose from 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never frozen meals to promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all ready to eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's irish50 at factormeals.com slash irish50 to get 50% off. I've tried it. I'm sticking with them. You should try too. Craig Bolton says, weird question. Is it optional for players to wear a mouthpiece? I've noticed several players just have them hanging out even during the play. That's weird. You're supposed to, by rule, always have a mouthpiece in your mouth. Like I'm watching, speaking of Caleb Williams. It's mostly mostly corners, good mouth, virus. But like I'm watching Caleb Williams on Saturday, Ryan, and he's like calling plays and he's got like half of the U of his mouthpiece sticking out because he's, I was like, I. Like knee pads and mouthpieces apparently become optional in college football. So, yeah, I, I've noticed that too, Craig, and it is kind of odd. But I, I don't think it's optional, Craig. I just think it's something yeah. that I think officials have chose to look past for whatever yeah. reason. And we see it yeah. now a lot, especially with corners and wide receivers. The guys that talk the most, they usually don't yeah. have it in their mouth. So, <laughs> Knowing officials, Ryan, they're going to wait to like call yeah. that for like the national championship game or something. Yep. I had, I had a pretty good relationship with JC Horn from South Carolina, the corner. And I remember I joked with him. I was like, dude, you make it so easy to find you on film. Cause you're always the guy with no mouthpiece in your mouth. Every single play, every single yeah. time. And that what was, was it just hanging time. down? Would just be hanging oh, down. Just hanging down. Cause he's just talking the whole time. I'm like, mm-hmm. yep. About right. About right. We had Jay Carr said, is there a reason why we did not punt it to Zachariah branch or did punt it? I think did punt it is what I think he meant to say. I don't understand even giving someone like that a chance to make a play. And to no surprise, he made a big special teams play. I don't disagree. I mean, you, you do have a young punter and it just takes one mistake to, to, for it to happen. I I don't disagree with you. I I understand, but what are you going to do? Shank it out of bounds and kick a 15 yard punt and then let Caleb Williams get a short field. You're, you're in kind of a, 
you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, because if you kick a short punt, now, I actually think they did a pretty decent job up until that point in time of, of I was going to say they had a lot of good punt coverage. And then they also had yeah. the one where he muffed the punt where they almost recovered it. And I'm like, eh, it yeah. wasn't all bad on punt coverage yeah. on Saturday. It wasn't all It's bad. just when you're playing a kid like that, it just takes that one time that you sure. kind of, you know, kick a line drive. I, you're asking a young kid who's still in his first year to get it right every single time. And that's asking a lot. I don't think they meant to give him that chance on that last return. I mean, they'd been kicking line drives. They'd been trying to do – they'd mix it up. They done did like three different things. They punted the ball like three different ways against Notre Dame. I mean, against USC. So I think they tried. It just – that one just wasn't executed as well. Give the kid credit, man. He made a play. Wasn't a ton of plays to be made on that Saturday for USC. And the coverage was initially there. I mean, he had to kind of make a couple of Yeah, he had the reverse to, field and yeah. everything. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Nathan Milton with the super chat. Thank you so much, Nathan. He says, are you starting to doubt Cancy Stuckey as a developer? Not doubt per se, because here's the thing. Even if I am spot on and correct about every criticism I have of Chancy Stuckey, he's a third year football coach. Unless he's the most stubborn, arrogant, arrogant guy on the planet. And I, I don't know that to be true. I've never had anyone tell me that. He's going to look at the job and say, even if he thinks players didn't do certain things, he's going to look at it and say, I got to do a better job. I mean, if he's any kind of competitor, he's going to look in the mirror and say, I got to do a better job and he's going to get better. And a guy like him has a lot more room to get better than like say a Joe Rudolph and Al Golden, um, you know, a, a guy that's been coaching for a lot longer. Cause those are yeah. guys are kind of like, yeah, I mean, I may evolve as the schemes, but I, I coach a line the way I coach a line. Right. Like, sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, Am I doubting it? I, I, I'll say this. It's not that. It's not always this big picture thing of of I'm – he has not done a great job this year. I'll say that. Now, at times, he's been handicapped. I mean, you, you go into yep. a game and you're missing three guys. You know, you're missing Deion Colsey, Jaden Thomas, and Jaden Greathouse going into a game against Louisville and I'm – you know, or, or Duke – and then they're banged up against Louisville, and it's like, yeah, you're 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 going to be a little bit more limited. It's going to be a little harder for you to get those guys to play at a high level. I'll say this: I actually think the receivers have played pretty decently the last two games. Yeah. The ball's got to get thrown to them. I mean, yeah. as simple as that. I mean, there's been Jaden Greathouse open multiple times. Every time a receiver had a chance to go make a play on Saturday, they made it. You know, I mean, Chris Tyree caught two balls. One converted a third and four on a drive that set up a field goal. The other was a touchdown. You know, Jordan yeah. Faison caught you know, caught a pass to move the chains. I mean, it, Rico Flores got, what, one ball? Caught it for 24-yard gain. I mean, I actually think if you break down the film, I thought last week, too, against Louisville, receivers were getting open against Louisville last week. Just ball wasn't coming because he, part of us, he never had time to throw the football. Yeah. And then the other part was he just, he wasn't going through his progressions partly because he didn't have time. And we saw that happen to Caleb Williams this week. There's a couple yeah. times Caleb Williams had guys open, but he never got there. Why? He didn't have time. And even when they didn't pressure him, his clock was sped up so much that even on snaps where maybe Notre Dame didn't get great pressure, it still affected him because he was thinking, I got to get rid of the ball like now. Sure. And that happened to, that happened to Sam Hartman as well. So I think they actually played a little better the last two weeks, to be honest with you. Ball just needs to come. That's really what it comes down to. But uh, I don't think he's done a great job this year. But I don't think that that means he's a bad football coach. He's a young guy that's still learning this game. I, I hope that he'll get better and think he'll get better. And so I'm not ready to like fire Chancey Stuckey. Like, no, coach, you got to do a better job. Just like Al Washington did. Right? I didn't like the job he did last year. 
done a heck of a job in my opinion this year. Right. I mean, yeah. it's as simple as that. I, I criticized Al Golden constantly last year for things he did outside of what maybe some, I prefer this, but outside of three play calls, I mean, have we really had a bunch to say about Al Golden this year, other than just, I wish he'd let his D line be more aggressive, but the results are still pretty flipping good. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't give up on guys. He needs to get better. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. We can yeah, all agree I just on need that. To- I need to see more of a sample size from Chancey Stuckey in, in general, because I think there is a lot of context that we miss on just the, we can put the the wide receivers under a microscope and in, in a bubble and say that they didn't have a good few weeks, which is very true. But also you are down a few guys from a numbers perspective, from hamstring issues. You do have a offense that is just not functioning very well. You do not have an offense right now that is, trying to take advantage of outside receivers. It's not really, it's a little bit handicapped right now. So I think there's a lot of context to it. I think that it definitely needs to improve. There's no doubt about that. But if I'm talking about just for me, Nathan, like making a judgment on is Chancey Stucky a great wide receiver developer? Is he a bad wide receiver developer? I, I just can't do that yet. man. I just can't do that. I need to see more. And he still has also, you know, this will his, First recruiting class of Braylon James, Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores, I'm also and Caleb Smith. I want to see what those guys look in year two, as far as because the one thing that we talked about was Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores were functionally ready to play, right? So do they improve a ton? Are you able now to get Braylon James on the field in a second year under the same system? A guy that you wanted to be a part of the program. I just need to see a little bit more before I make a, a judgment on it. Another super chat for Tyler Evans. Tyler, thank you so much. Who has a better chance of winning a national championship first, in your opinion, Lincoln Riley or Marcus Freeman? I think Marcus Freeman does for a million reasons. Number one is I'm pretty confident that Marcus Freeman is going to be in college football for the next five years somewhere. Yeah. I think Notre Dame. I, I don't, you know, you, I've shared my opinion on Lincoln Riley. We'll see. I just don't think Lincoln Riley is going to ever be able to win a championship without making a, a, an incredibly giant philosophical change right and there's nothing about lincoln riley that makes me think he has the humility to do that nothing i just he said brian he's had kyler murray he's had baker mayfield he's had jalen hurts he's had caleb williams and they've never sniffed a playoff win well they did once the one with that team with baker his first year but the other the other thing is the further away that he's gotten from bob stoops the less physical his teams are the less disciplined his teams are. That's why his first couple teams were his best teams. Yep. It's not a coincidence. And uh, I, I like I don't think he has the humility to go out and make the hire like Ryan Day. And I'm not a big Ryan Day fan at all. Yep. But hiring Jim Knowles was a heck of a hire. And we said at the time, Ohio State fans, don't expect a miracle in year one. It's year two when you're going to start to see the big jump. And that's exactly what we've seen so far. Right? I don't have any and, – and here's the thing. No coach is going to want to coach with Lincoln Riley because they know how that program is run. And they know it's impossible for a defensive coach to really have the kind of success you need to have with him. Well, And and it doesn't really even matter to that point because Lincoln Riley is fine with what they're doing on defense. I just don't think there's any, like, I I think that he's very nearsighted in the fact of like his offenses are always going to be great, but he's always just going to think about defense as a compliment to his offense and trying to get the ball back a ton. And we see a functionally just volatile defense on a year-to-year basis. And I always ask, you know, when are we going to 
get rid of the Alex Grinch thing and turn the page and get something else. I don't think Lincoln Riley wants to turn that page. Like, I think he just wants that type of defense coordinator. And if they get rid of Alex Grinch at some point, he's going to get someone that's similar to Alex Grinch. So I just, I don't have any confidence in Lincoln Riley winning a national championship because I think he's just stuck in his ways, man. I think he's a little bit nearsighted with how he, how he goes from here. So we had JM Jonesy 80. Would it be hard to reduce the amount of formations and instead broaden the amount of plays run out of each formation? Seems like the easiest way to keep these guessing without reinventing the wheel. There's part of that. I, I'm someone, Ryan, who 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 I'm actually I have a I have a belief in the opposite. My philosophy is the opposite of what Jim is proposing here. I'm someone who doesn't necessarily run, want to run a million plays, but run what I have a million different ways or out of a million different looks. I, that's what I'm a believer in. So like, if I'm going to run inside zone, I'm going to try to find seven, eight, nine different ways to run inside zone, different formations, different personnel, different, diff, different launch points from the back, different ways to get the backside edge secured. There's just so many different ways and I'm going to throw it at you that, that, and then have the counters off of it, that it can make it harder to defend. That's just my personal philosophy. I think a lot of this just has to do with what your preference is. I I'm yeah. someone who, I mean, if you were to say what kind of offense would you rather run, I'm someone who would who would rather see 2011, 2010 David Shaw as opposed to 2010, 2011 Chip Kelly. You know, where it's a bunch of different motions and shifts and personnel and mix-ups and things like that. I'm just that's that's what I believe in, but it's not a million different plays. That's closer to what I believe in. So I don't think that's the issue. I don't think the number of plays, it's easier to learn a bunch of formations, and but your rules don't change. Like, here's the thing about why I say that. If I, as a receivers coach, Ryan, I taught it this way. Your front side one, front side two, front side three, back side two, back side one. That, that, that's your options. The rules don't change no matter where you are, no matter if we're in a bunch, if we're out, if you're front. Here's the play. Here's the rules. You know the rules. Now it's going to be run out of a different, lot of different ways, but there's the rules. Here's what I'm teaching you. As opposed to here's three formations, and now let's learn 75 different pass combinations or 25 different route combinations that you need to run as a receiver. I'd much rather have 10 different potential route combinations that you could run and 30 different ways to do to, to show it to a defense. That's just my personal philosophy. So I think the best way to keep a D guessing is to not know what your personnel is going to be from series to series. Not know if you're going to be tight, bunch, spread, whatever. I think that's a that's been my experience that that's the best way to do it. And that's where a lot a lot of the best offenses are not very complex as far as like they run a million plays. They're just they're just not. I mean, you see Lincoln Riley's play sheet. It's like this big. Yeah, I mean, I think there, there's merit to both conversations for me. Like I I think for like from a defensive perspective. It used to bother me when I used to see a similar kind of alignment, but then you could run a bunch of counters off of it where it's just like my eye discipline is just not consistent there, right? It's like I'm a heavy, you know, I'm a heavy inside zone team, and then all of a sudden you just bang like a counter backside or you do something kind of work out the back door. Maybe there's an end around that comes off of the zone zone look. I mean, for so for me, it's like I'm always trying to manipulate the eyes of the second level. I think that that's really where things kind of go awry a lot of the times because, I mean, a lot of defensive linemen, you're taught to occupy a gap or occupy two gaps, and then the second and third level is where the flow really comes from. So I, I'm, I'm really 
I'm high on changing the look of the flow a lot because linebackers, they like to be comfortable. The second level defenders, they like to be comfortable. The eye discipline is just really something you want to take advantage of. To me, I can do that running the same play over and over again. Cause it's, as you said, it's gotta be the compliments off. of it. It's gotta be, it's gotta be. So like, if you're going to be an inside zone team, you you can't just run inside zone every single play. You've got to have a, you've got to have a counter. You've got to have something that gets outside. But as I've said, it's like, okay, I'm going to have jets off it. I'm going to run read zones off it. I'm going to have RPOs off of it. There's going to be a lot of different things. I'm going to run reverse off of it. There's all types of, di- and this is what we've you know complained for Notre Dame. It's like, you have plenty of schemes in, you've got to have some stuff that maybe works a little bit better together. And you've got to have some things that maybe, like you said, you talk about it all the time. Why run a reverse? Well, because if you can run it correctly, it's going to be a big play. And now all of a sudden you're messing with those backside guys a little bit. It's going to impact how they play the next time I run an inside zone type of play, but you have to be more creative with how you get to it. But every run game, every run concept needs a compliment. Every run concept yeah. needs to say, this this is a play because here's the other thing, Ryan. If I'm running inside zone and then I'm running counter, and you're like, man, that really messes me up. But if you're a linebacker and I'm running inside zone and that guy's one by two behind me, and when we were in counter, he's even with me every time. Smart linebacker is going to see that on film and say, when the linebacker's here, the running back's yep. here. You, so like everything has to have where it looks like this, but it's actually this. That's the other thing. Cause I, I think you can get into a danger of if you have too much stuff, it's hard to kind of have the wrinkles built into it. And so right. there's, there's gotta be a balancing balancing act. I just think it's easier to add a lot of different formations and motions and shifts and different ways to get to what you do. That's what I, that's what I think. Andre Tonsil says, after the end of the season, do you believe that Coach Parker will change the offense scheme to better fit talent? Honestly, Andre, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the next four games is going to tell us a little bit about that. A little bit about that. Not a ton, but a little bit about that. Because now the bye week gives you a chance to reassess who you are, where you are, who are we going to battle with the next four games, and how are you going to use it to me. So uh, TBD, Andre, TBD. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that one yet. But I, at the end of the day, the offense is only going to change as far as Marcus Freeman allows it to be changed. That's very clear. Very yeah. clear. I don't have a crystal ball, unfortunately, Andre. I wish I knew the uh, yeah. knew the secrets because then I would get the lottery yeah. tickets as well. But yeah. yeah, Raymond Harton, great win Saturday. Get healthy and take a look at weaknesses and finish this year up strong. Go Irish! Thanks, guys. Thank you, Andre. absolutely. Raymond. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Keith Wiegan says, would you take James Simon as the third running back in the 2025 class? More than likely, Estime and Devin Ford are gone. Uh, I mean, look by 2025. There's a couple other guys that are going to be gone. More than, I mean, Evan Devin Ford can't come back in a year where to, I mean, it's not more more light than likely. It's Ford is literally going to be done I, I think no he's later saying, than twenty four. Well, I think he's saying after this year, Ford's probably going right. To, is what they were but saying. what I'm saying yeah, is yeah. James Simon has nothing to do with that. Audric Estime literally right. won't have any eligibility past twenty twenty four. So my thing is, it's not more than likely they're gone. It's they will be gone in 2025 neither of them have the option of coming back barring audrick getting hurt in game three next year and missing the whole season so yes sure. they'll both be gone would i take would i take look i just would have a hard time passing up james simon just period ryan i, I really like that yeah. get it back 
you've got to look at your sure. current roster and say, okay, you've got Jadarian, Jadarian Price, Jabron Payne, Jeremiah Love. Price and Love will be seniors when the 25 class shows up. Jeremiah Love will be a junior. Then you'll have you'll have Kedron Young and Aeneas Williams plus the two back. That's eight backs. So, you know, right now I would I would tend to say no, but the other part of what I would say is, but the 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 fact of the matter is, Ryan, is the odds of all of these kids being on the roster in three years is not great. And, yep. you know, it, a lot of it depends on who breaks out next year. Like, does Jajar and Price make a big jump and he has sort of an Audric estimate type of campaign and him and him and Jeremiah Love or that that one two punch like Audric and 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 uh and uh Logan were last year and you know he rushes for a thousand Jeremiah rushes for a thousand or nine hundred or something like that if you're Jadarian Price it's like go pro you're a running back and you've already right. had a major injury go pro I don't know if that's gonna happen or not I I've he may maybe he gets buried and he trans I, I don't know I mean that's the thing is but I would certainly continue to recruit James Simon because honestly, he's better than the two kids you, you already have a commitment from with all due respect to those guys. They're good players. The other part too, is Justin Thurman's a, a guy to me that, that has some, some athlete to him as opposed to just being a pure running back. So that, that also factors time. into it for me. Yeah. Played some defense in high yep. school, play, could play maybe some slot. Those type of things are, are what I, what I look for. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Couple quick ones, Ryan, that we'll answer. Uh, Matt Ginter says, "Is KK Smith practicing yet? What are the expectations for him next year? And then where will KK Smith play? I don't believe he's practicing yet, but I'll look into that this week. I'll ask about that this mm-hmm. week. As far as where he'll play, he's a he's an FZ guy to me. He's a slot field outside guy to me. That's how I yep. see KK. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see how they figure out the slot position, especially next year, because you're gonna have." Jaden Greathouse has spent a lot of time in the slot. Is Jaden Thomas going to be in there a little bit more exclusively? Does Chris Tyree come back? Logan Saldate comes in. There's going to be a lot of bodies inside. Jordan Faison. I'm interested to see. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and what that means, Ryan, is you're going to have to adjust how you play. You're going to have to adjust your yep. schemes. And this goes back to the question that Andre had. If your six best receivers, four of them are, more, are better in the slot, that means there are certain type of routes that they are just more effective at. You're going to have to change how you attack teams. You can't have the same vertically oriented pass team the way that you have it now if that's going to be your best players. You've got to find ways like, look, this guy's not a boundary with what we're asking our boundary to do. But if we be more of this team, then maybe we can get him to fit. 
that's going to be part of it is who are your best receivers. And that's going to be part of, of what we're talking about. And I'll discuss this more tomorrow about what I want to see from this team in the last four games is what adjustments do you make? You can't make whole soldier. You can't put a new scheme in, but what are some wrinkles that you can add to um, that are going to allow you to better utilize who you perceive, who you perceive to be your best receivers, whether I agree with them or not is irrelevant. It's who do you perceive as coaches as your best receivers and how are you going to adjust your your offense to make sure that those guys are are effective? And and we've already seen a little bit. I mean, we've Ryan, we've seen them get Chris Tyree and Jordan Faison on the field together. That's yep. okay. I dig that. And so, okay, that's fine. But you've now got to figure out ways that you can do that and get Jade because you can't just say, well, we're going to move Jaden Greathouse to boundary and now stop throwing him the football. Yep. That just makes no sense to me. It's going to be a lot but of speed on the wide receiver group next year. A whole lot of speed. Whole lot of speed. We had Ghost X who says, I was watching the Detroit Lions the other day run a similar offense in Notre Dame using run heavy and a tight end as the boundary threat. Would Jared Parker benefit from film from Ben Johnson and how he found success? I, I can't answer that, Ryan. I don't watch NFL. Do you have a ben, thought on that? Ben Johnson is one of the best young offensive coordinators in the game. A lot of people think that he's going to get a head coaching job very soon here. He is very multiplicative with how he attacks defenses in the sense that he doesn't run a lot of stuff. He has a lot of counters off of it, and he has a lot of eye manipulation, a lot of movements-based stuff. So he actually doesn't have a lot of speed on that offense in general. I mean, if you talk about, like, the main weapons, they have Jamison Williams, but, like, Jamison Williams doesn't really do much for them right now. Like, he's still kind of coming back from the injury, getting healthy. Their guys are Amon Ross St. Brown, who's not an incredibly fast guy. They have their running back is their best running back right now is David Montgomery because Jameer Gibbs has been, has been banged up and I know he's still coming back from his injury. So he has been much more of a a movement based system to get guys good looks pre to post snap, not really taking advantage of just pure game speed. So could he, could Jared Parker take some stuff from Ben Johnson? Sure. Yeah. I mean, he, he does a great job of fundamentally finding creative ways to use player skill sets. I mean, David Montgomery has been a very good running back for them so far, and he isn't the most physically gifted player of all time. Amon Ross St. Brown is a technician and a really smart player, but, I mean, he ran like four, five, seven, I think, at the Combine, so he's not like the fleetest of foot, most athletic kid in the world. So, yeah, could he learn some stuff from him? Sure, and I think the best coaches do learn some stuff from the best minds around. So, sure, Ghost, if he wanted to take some stuff from Ben Johnson, I'd be very open to it because Ben Johnson is a brilliant young offensive mind. He said the Detroit Lions with back-to-back so far top five offensive rankings, which if that speaks to with Jared Goff, a quarterback who also has some limitations to his game, but another conversation for another day. Michael Johnson said, would the offense play calling be better if the wide receiver play was improved? Sure. Yeah. Yes, that would help. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But I also don't, I also don't want to make it seem like, because here's what I can't stand is, and I'm not saying that you're, you're doing this, Michael, I'm just making a point. Sometimes we can, it can be really easy to say, well, you know, it's all the players. The players are not doing this, not doing that. And so what can you do as a coach? So there's a lot you can do, and there's a lot they should have been able to do uh, from a development standpoint, all that kind of stuff. But, but has the, the injuries at receiver recently impacted play calling? Yeah, it has. You, sure. You've got different guys in there. Has, has the lack of production at times impacted play calling? Sure it does. When you keep throwing deep balls and, Jaden Greathouse is dropping them and Tobias isn't is not catching them. And it's gonna it's gonna impact your play calling. Now, I I would say, okay, well, 
coach those guys up and figure out ways we're not dropping that ball anymore. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it goes both ways. It goes both ways, right? Because could also, if the play calling was better, would the wide receivers be playing better? Also, yes, Michael. I mean, there's there's two sides to this conversation. There's two sides. If you're using Chris Tyree in ways that we think you should be using him, would his production be better? You know, and and I'll go back again. If you would, this is why Michael was so important for the Notre Dame staff to force the issue with some of those younger guys early. It's why they should have forced the issue getting Tobias the ball in the first three games, four games. That's why they should have force fed Chris Tyree the football more in the first four games. Find out what you have against teams that you know you can obliterate without playing your best football. Yep. Yeah, they waited till it was too late, and then we're seeing we're seeing the results of it now. In my opinion, yep. We had Ghost X with another one. It says, "I believe that Joe Alt might return this season. Also, with the draft so top heavy with skill players, he could make a jump to the top five in 2024." Thoughts? I'd be very surprised if Joe Alt went back to school for another year. I mean, he's a again. We're talking about a two and a half, almost three year starter at left tackle at Notre Dame whose father played in the NFL, is in the the Kansas City Chiefs ring of honor, multi-year pro bowler. He's going to go very high, guys. Like, I just don't think he's – I don't know if, if going back a year is going to gain so much that it's like – we're not talking about a kid that's going to go late first round, and if you go back to school, you might be a top five to top ten pick. Like, he's probably going to be a top ten pick this year. Like, I just don't know if he gets has a ton to gain from another year. My response to that is, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I have no analysis sure, I mean, to back it up whatsoever. Amen. It's just I would love it if he if, came if, back. If, if Joe All wants to come back, if all the great players in Notre Dame want to come back yeah. for another year, I would welcome them back. But to, I just, to your point though, Ryan, if he's going to be a top ten pick, it's like buddy, you, you know, I, I just say look at Alex Bars, look what happened to him. Yeah, you know, you just if you're a top ten pick, I always say this during the season. Through the bowl game, I, I'm not. I almost. I, I hate the whole sitting out bowl game thing. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Finish your season. But I've always said, once the season is over, you need to do what's best for you, not what's best for your program, your team. It's like if this is what's best for you, you got to do it. As long as you're making a smart, well informed decision, I support whatever it is you decide to do. And so yeah. you've rarely heard me complain about a guy going pro. And then whenever I have, it's more concerned for him. It's never what are you doing to your team. It's Man, I don't know if you're ready, buddy. You know, um, yeah, it's yeah. been more that, uh, but yeah, if he came Dra- back next year, that would answer a lot of questions for me. Draft evaluation is just so it's like a it's like a check it's like checking boxes. The more boxes you mm-hmm. check, the easier of an evaluation it is. Joe Alt has had multi years of very good film. He is six eight, three hundred twenty pounds, former high school tight end. That's a box check. He has a father that played in the NFL. That is a box check. He played for the University of Notre Dame, who has historically put out some great offensive linemen. He also spent a year under Harry Heastan. That's a big check. Um, I mean, there's just not many things that are not on Joe Alt's resume. Yeah, and and in two games where he didn't play well in the middle of his junior year are not going to be all right. of a sudden reasons that Joe Alt's not a top 10 NFL draft pick. I, I, I think the point of that is, like, I see some mock drafts with him in, like, the teens and stuff, and I'm just like, Guys, I don't think any a guy that has that much on his resume is falling out of the top 10. Like, I would just be very surprised because NFL teams, they love that stuff, man. They'll be like, oh, wow, Harry Kosham, cool. Oh, wow, his dad was a, a an NFL Pro Bowl offensive lineman. Cool. He's 6'8", 320. Cool. He was a high school tight end. Cool. He was a multi-year starter. Good athlete. 
pool. Right. Like, uh, what are we missing there, right? Like, what are we missing there? So he's going to check in with probably like 35-inch arms. Like, wh- what's the what's the massive he's negative into a pretty good run resume? Blocker. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty good run blocker. I mean, he's not Quentin Nelson, and, but he's a pretty good run blocker. And he stayed healthy the entirety right. of his career so far. So, like, what what is the what's the hole that we're poking at Joe Alt? Like, what's the massive hole? Right. It's just not really one man. He's just right. a very good prospect. Very good. Prospect. And he's been named a captain as a true junior at Notre Dame. So yeah. leadership wise, I mean, yeah, that's another one. So yeah, it's. We had Matt Ginther who says, can we achieve this type of defensive performance every week if Al Golden turns the guy boys loose? For the most part, yes. I mean, look, yeah. every team, every unit's always going to have a bad day. And yeah. I always point to the LSU from 2019. That was, I mean, best offense I've ever seen. They had a game where they beat Auburn scoring 23 points. I'm just going to have days like that. You know, you're just going to have. A, hey, man, that would almost get uh, Brian Ferentz a raise, though. So that's what's up. <laughs> Seriously. No, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. <laughs> um, you know, the 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 you know, the Oklahoma offense from 2008 was probably the second best offense I've ever seen in my life. And they had a they had a bit of a rough day against Texas one game in, in that year. And then they obviously got dominated by Florida. So, I mean, every great unit's going to be going to have those days. Yep. But for the most part, is it something they can replicate? To, I think that that is the way I would say it. As opposed to every week, what I say, is that a defensive performance you can consistently replicate? Yes. My answer would be yes. Yes, it yes. is. You, 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 uh, the large majority would be a yes, and but then obviously you would have the occasional clunker because that happens to right. everyone. Yep. Right. What I like about – here's what I will say about Al Golden. And, and – Outside of USC last year, which I have always said ha- needs a little bit of an asterisk by it, Ryan, because you didn't have Cam Hart, you didn't have Tariq Bracey, and when you're playing that offense, that's a those are two huge losses. His defenses have stepped up and played really well in all the big games. And they played great against Ohio State last year. They played really well against Ohio State this year. They played great against Clemson last year. They played great against USC this year. I mean, we've got to see how they're going to do against Clemson in a few weeks, but I mean, I mean, they got off to a slow start against South Carolina and really locked South Carolina down. That that 38 points they had was so incredibly misleading. I mean, they had legitimately two pick sixes and a fake field goal punt, whatever that was, that got a touchdown. Like, they yeah. even played pretty well in that game too. But in the really big games they've played, the defense has stepped up and done what was needed. Against Syracuse yeah. last year in the first half, I mean, I, I – I will say this about Al Golden. I, I have issues that he with him recruiting wise and 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 I don't his defense isn't what I personally would would hire someone to run if it was up to me. But you can't argue with the results this year, and you have to be able to recognize the big game success that his teams have had. When I mean big game, I mean like spotlight, big time opponent, right? Like big time offense. North Carolina game last year against that offense. Defense yep. played really well outside of like two plays in that game. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think he's his teams have really stepped up and played well in the big moments. That's another part of it, too, for me. So yeah. if they do play well, it'll be against, like, Stanford. It won't be against Clemson, you know, right. based on his track record. Agree. Joe Allen, do you think that Sam Hartman is pretty much out of the mix for the Heisman unless he absolutely insane at next four games? No, he's – yeah, he's not. He's yeah, not he's out. I mean, he would have to throw, like, five touchdowns a game or something like that, Joe, and win out. And even like, then – It would have to be something catastrophic. Yeah. Like. And, and even then, Ryan, like, yeah. to me, it'd still be more about other guys losing it 
because yeah. when Michael you look Penix at his numbers this year, guys. yeah, he's not even averaging 230 yards a game. He's only got 18 passing. T- I mean, I'm shocked by his numbers. I, I and so disappointed. And part of it's receiver play, whatever. But part of it's just they just the offense just went into a shell when they played better teams. Yeah. So is anyone going to care that Sam Hartman throws for 350 yards and five touchdowns against Pitt or Wake or Stanford or or even Clemson for that matter? And even if you do say like average five touchdowns a game for the next four years, that's going to put you to 38 touchdowns, which will probably still be lower than what like Michael Penix throws this year, which is just to the point, you know? So, right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So I know I don't, I don't, yeah, he's not in that conversation. We had a question from Irishman seventy one one four. As a program, would you rather have exceptional recruiting with adequate coaching or exceptional coaching with adequate recruiting? Is one more important, and why? Exceptional coaching. If these are my only two options, it's exceptional coaching. And, and my example is: go look at what Kirk Ferentz has done for the last thirty years. Go look at Kyle Whittingham. Now, can you win a championship that way? No. But can you have yourself, a consistently probably. good program? Absolutely, because. Because exceptional recruiting with with adequate adequate coaching gets you beat two times a year minimum. That's Penn like, State. That's Penn yeah. State right now. So yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. It's give me exceptional coaching and adequate recruiting. If you want consistency, yes, that's absolutely where it is. That's Kyle Whittingham. That's Kirk Ferentz. That's Gary Patterson at TCU for so many years. That's yep. what you get. It's Lance and, Leopold type guys. It's it's you know, and and you won't yeah. get your heart broken at, with those types no. of guys, right? Because you're just know. like they're just good. Yeah, you, there's yeah. good, but there's a cap on it, right? right. But on the other side, you're going to be Penn State talking to yourself then that you can win a national championship this year, and then you're like, oh, in a big game, James Franklin makes a blunder where you're like, oh, well, we right. lost the game, the big game. So, Michael Johnson, what position should Notre Dame be looking for in the transfer portal? So part of that, Michael, is going to be determined by who leaves. So if if Riley Mills and Howard Cross come back, there is zero need to go to the portal. I mean, just yep. coach up Howard Cross. You've got Jason Onye. You've got Gilbert Rubio. Get Tyson Devin Ford Houston. ready to go. Devin Houston, Armel yep. Mookum, you're loaded there. I mean, you are. Yep. The I would say this. I would probably look for a big end, another Javante Jean-Baptiste type of guy. Uh, he was no, so good for Notre Dame this year, man. He's been yeah. a really good player for Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah. Uh, safety for sure is one I'd I'd look at. Quarterback, definitely looking at quarterback in the portal. I just don't know what type of quarterback you're looking for yet. I still think there's merit to bringing in at the very least a Tristan Gebbia type of guy, Ryan. That's like, look, he's not here to be a starter, compete. He's here to give us a veteran presence and Hunter Johnson, you know, like right, yeah, like right. Yeah. He's kind of a coach in the room, and if you need him to get you out of a ball game, he can get you out of a ball game. That that sure. would be a position. I'd be open t- if if a big time left tackle wanted to come play for me for a year. I'd strongly consider because I don't know that Notre Dame has a left tackle on their roster right now. To be honest with you, that'll be ready for next year. I don't know that Emil Wagner's that guy. I don't know that I don't think Tosh Baker's that guy. I don't know that Charles Jagasaw is going to be that guy this early. Yeah. So that that but it would have to be a dude. It would have to be a dude, Ryan. It, it, it couldn't be like Josh Simmons. It's not somebody like that. But if like some sophomore offensive tackle wants to, you know, at some school that you and I don't know about or some really good kid that thinks he can come to Notre Dame and play himself into the first round or something, I don't know what the circumstances yeah. would be. Sure. 
it'd have to be a guy like that. I would look at that. That's kicker. honestly, that's about it. Kicker. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I don't look, coach up the kid that you have coach up the young kid that you have, the walk on kid that you have is a pretty decent kicker. Uh, I'm just, I'm so over the in the, the heads just ugh, pulling my hair out. Like how's Blake groupie better in the NFL than he was in Notre Dame. Is he doing like, well? Is he doing well for the Saints? Apparently, really every every week people text me how great Blake Groupie's doing in the NFL. That's nice. Good for but him, yeah, man. I those are the positions. I mean, Ryan, I'm, this kind of goes back to what you and I talked talk about earlier. I understand the desire to to go get the veteran guy to bridge the gap, but I'm like, screw that. Play the play. Yeah, maybe go to the portal and get a, a middle linebacker that could bridge the gap for Drake Bowen or Nolan Zick. No, screw it. Play those kids. Get those yeah. get let those kids play. You know, maybe you bring a cornerback in to bridge the gap between Chris. No, screw that. Put Christian Gray in the game next year, corner. Let him replace, you know, Cam Hart. So the positions where I'm looking are where they I don't think they have the same talent level. I don't right. think they have the same talent level at safety behind the veterans that they have at linebacker and corner and viper. D tackle if you lose those two veterans, maybe. Maybe if it's the right guy, it's, but it's got to be a it's got to be a Braden Fisk type guy or better. It can't be a just a solid guy. Same with yeah. guard. I'm I, I'm not worried about bringing in a, a Kane Madden type of veteran guy. If it's a dude, then I'll look at him. But sure. you got talent. Coach those flipping kids up. And if the, if if you can't, then find someone that can. That yeah. that's my that's my. And I don't want to see a transfer portal wide receiver. Coach the freaking kids up that you have. You got plenty of talent. And if you don't have a guy that can coach those kids up, then hire someone that can. I, it, it really is that simple for me. So I don't think Notre Dame is, should go to the portal much this offseason, but that could change depending on, on how the NFL decisions get made. Blake Groupie is 13 of 16 with 81%. So, eh. Not How is that great. compared to NFL standards? Oh, not great today. Not in today's game. You want to be like 85 plus on percentage. Gotcha. So it's it's okay. It's okay. He was I'm gonna read this only two for four this last weekend, which is not gotcha. great. But, yeah. So he was pretty good up until this last game then? Yeah, he's okay. doing well before this last game, yep. So here I'm going to read this one, Ryan, because this is more for you, draft question. This is from Cameron Ford. It says, will Howard Cross get, assuming he comes out, will Howard yep. Cross get drafted? And if so, what round? I think he will get drafted because he's playing very good football. He also has a father that played in the NFL. So he's got the bloodlines, which that matters for NFL folks. It does. And Jim Nagy from the senior bowl, the executive director keeps tweeting about him. So I guarantee that Howard Cross will be down in Mobile, Alabama at the senior bowl. If he decides to come out this year. So all those things point towards probably get drafted, probably good film, NFL father, senior bowl player. I think that he's still going to be a day three pick, though. I'm not buying into the day two hype that I've seen on in some cases because he's just he's a little bit he's an outlier player in the sense that he is going to be very small for NFL standards. He's going to be six foot, 280, 285 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark. And he's probably not going to have the greatest length of all time. So he's going to be an outlier player. And from my experience, outliers tend to go on day three that have really good film. They don't tend to get drafted on day two because those guys, the odds say it's stacked against them being great NFL players. It's just stacked against them a little bit. So I think he will get drafted, but probably somewhere on day three, I'll say rounds four through six, somewhere in that ballpark as probably a designation for him because he's had really good film. and He's got some things working for him. 
but he's an outlier, which means that there's going to be some doubters there. And I don't know that I've ever seen Jim Nagy tweet this much about one guy. And maybe it's just Notre Dame guys. I've never seen that with, and he's been pretty, he's been pretty pro Notre Dame over the years for the most part. They have a lot of kids yeah. from Notre Dame at the. Oh, he was a big book guy, man. Biggie a book book guy, yeah. at, uh, Jim Nagy. So yeah. Hope he's a little bit more. <laughs> he accurate loved that one. kid, man. Yeah. He loved Hope he's a little he bit more accurate kid. on Howard Cross than he was on that one. Yeah. Oh gosh. We had Matt Ginther who said, "Is the technique problem with the wide receivers and offensive line and offensive line easily correctable?" For a Division One coach, yes, I think so. I think so, yeah. Yep, I would agree. Benjamin Weiss, you don't have to be specific to our situation, but can you give some examples of reasonable disagreements at a head coach and strength coach could have potentially? Sports science is such a different field than coaching. Not really, if you really think about it, because it's not so much that, hey, it's important to be good here, but how do you get there? And so you, but I think you use the proper word. You're talking about sports science. Not every strength coach views it as a sports science in the way that some people mean it, you know, and, and especially some of the older strength coaches, they're still going to be, Hey, this isn't, this is what's worked. There are some things that are tried and true that we shouldn't go away from. Most good strength coaches are more than willing to be open to the new, you know, new studies of science new, of how the body works and things like that. But they're going to say, but yeah, but the way, the best way to get there is still, this way you could have some strength coaches who are more geared towards maximizing power so like they care about what's my one rep one rep max bench there are strength coaches like that i don't know if they're at the division one level other guys like i don't care about that i want to know how many times you can pump up 225 because i don't care that you can do this once in a game really strong i care that you can do this 30 times in a game right pass pro type of thing right i care more about that how many times can you replicate that it is you know so some coaches believe in some strength coaches believe in and uh you know maybe beating a body down a little bit more early and then building it back up some don't some want to just be, there's all types of different ways to go about it where a head coach and a strength coach could have a different opinion you know head coach may think man you're wearing guys down too much and the strength coach may be like yeah that's the whole point it's and then when they re- the recovery part is where you build the strength up cuz ultimately that's what adding mass is is like you really you literally like tear your the fibers of your muscle when you lift and then as they regrow they grow bigger and stronger and increase mass and so but what's the process to get there you know are you someone who believes in you know give me this and then take breaks some people are i'm in the weight room and we are we are going fast i mean there's all types of different ways to do it where um you're going to have differences of opinion. And somebody just said it. The problem with sports science is the science isn't settled. And that's exactly right. It's, it's, there are going to be, and and some of it where we can all agree that this is a good thing. There's going to be differences of, okay, if we can all agree that this is a good thing, how to get there is going to be the difference of how we get there. And it's no different than coaching, Ryan. You and I may, I, you know, I may be the head coach. You may be the coordinator and we sit in a room and you're like, we agree. Hey, we got to pressure the quarterback this week. You have yeah. one way you think it's going to do it. I have another way I think we should do it. We got to figure out what's the best way. Sure. And and so uh, it 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 really isn't different because it's not so much that you disagree on the end result. You all agree on the end result. We need kids to be as as strong as they can for as long as they can and have great conditioning and 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 we're making sure that we're also not beating up their bodies. Right. Okay. But what's the way we're going to get there? Right. that's where you're going to have the disagreements. And and to me, that's no different than coaching, Ryan. 
I'm you're the offense. I'm the you're the head coach, and I'm your offensive coordinator. Well, what's the goal? We want to score touchdowns. Well, yeah, I think we should points. do this to get there. You think we should do that to get there? We have a difference of opinion, yeah, and uh, I think it's for my opinion it's the same same thing in this regard, Ryan. Yeah. Well, I think so. I mean, because there's going to be like, yeah, Marcus Freeman doesn't have to be a. I don't think he has to be a expert on the sports science of lifting and strength and conditioning to have a a belief in it right a belief in how functionally an athlete will be best served at separate spots because like i didn't think like linebacker for instance right linebackers position that he knows very well you don't think that he has an idea of like body wise what is best for a linebacker to recover and to gain strength and what the strength qualities are that are best meanwhile a strength and science a guy that follows the the strength sports science side might tend to lend more towards data points right this data tells us this but a coach might be more driven on but my but i played the game right like i know that this worked better for me and i played linebacker there has to be some tangible like meeting of ways that we can find there right and there i mean honestly like there has to be compromise at the end of the day right there's some sort of compromise between this is your science this is my practicality as a football coach let's meet somewhere and figure out what's best for our players there has to be some sort of compromise in my opinion Yep, absolutely. That's going to do it, Ryan. Why don't you go ahead and take us out of here, man? Well, appreciate everyone for stopping in to talk a little bit about what Notre Dame's next four games and a bowl game should look like and will look like for the 2023 season. Ideally, and talking a little bit about the future of Notre Dame football, really broke that down heavily. Make sure you go back and listen to the beginning portion of this podcast if you missed that great conversation. We also talked a lot about the uh, just what we're most excited for and what, what we should be excited for down the stretch of the season. Of course, hit the mailbag as well. If you guys enjoyed this content today, please hit that like button. And even if you didn't like it, you could still hit the like button for us. That would be very much appreciated. Share this podcast, hit that notification bell. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, five-star reviews are always very much appreciated. We will be back. Well, Brian will be back tomorrow on his on his midweek rundown. I'll be back at least on Friday, possibly on Thursday, depending on what we have cooking up. Make sure you're you go also going to have a show released yes. later today, Ryan. You've got yes. you did a recruiting recap of this past weekend yeah. that I'm going to edit and publish tonight as well. So Ryan will also have it'll be all podcast option only, not on audio. Yeah. So if you guys are cheap and didn't you know sign up the boards at IrishBreakdown.com, I gave you a little bit of glimpse into some of the <laughs> intel that we that we cooked up this weekend from the recruiting side of things. So make sure if you want that stuff earlier, boards.irishbreakdown.com is definitely the place to go. We will talk to you all very soon. Thank you for joining us today on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.